You are listening to Rouge, White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. CFL podcast, the Happy Halloween edition. Yay, Happy Halloween! My name's Oz Davis. I'll be your co-host for the show, and joining me as always is my co-host Joe Pritchard, who is going out trick or treating as a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan. No, why would I? Infli- <laughs> why would I inflict that much pain and agony and scare people like that? It's, it's not Halloween. like it's Halloween. Oh wait. <laughs> There you go. You want to have a point, <laughs> but no, yeah. not have. You you could be you could be zombie blue bombers fan too. Do you have it? Do you have anything planned? Your your uh, your child is still too young to even have teeth to rot out properly, right? Oh no 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 no! He's got a full set of teeth. Oh, and are you going out be, then? He will be going up and down our road, uh, collecting uh, all sorts of uh, wonderful things. So, <laughs> okay, and and what is the costume of choice? Uh, he will be Buzz Lightyear, uh, oh, so maybe cool. we can get the sweater over his coat because uh, winter has decided to show up. Yeah, yeah, I bet it's cold up there right now. Right. Well, we got some things to talk about. Uh, as the CFL season comes to a close this weekend. The regular season, I should say, comes to a close uh, this weekend. But first, uh, today, as we record this, is Wednesday the 30th, and we'll release this on Halloween, as previously mentioned. Today, just a few hours ago, like five, six hours ago, um, the nominees for the, well, I guess they're calling them the Team Award winners. But basically what this is in the CFL are nominations for the League Awards, right, Joe? I mean, this is... This is the nominations for most outstanding player, most outstanding defensive player, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yep. Okay. All right. So now, um, naturally, Joe and I would both like to take issue with some of these choices. Uh, However, there was quite a stir caused within the Blue Bombers organization about their nominations. Uh, Do you want to go from here, Joe? Because you said you wanted to talk about this extensively, so I can give you the floor here. Yeah, because this is the last time we're ever discussing awards on this show, or at least I'm discussing awards on this show, because it's clear that these mean absolutely nothing. Hmm. Hmm. So I'm sure you've heard by now, if you're listening to this show, uh, that Andrew Harris did not get nominated for either of the uh, awards he was potentially up for, uh, which would be Most Outstanding Canadian and just Most Outstanding Player for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Now, they select the team um, writers, and Mike O'Shea was also part of the voting, right. so there's five votes. Uh, the selections for the team were Willie Jefferson's Most Outstanding Player, which – I can't really quibble with. He does qualify for that. Uh, but they nominated Mike Miller, who is also the special teams nominee for the mo- for the most outstanding Canadian. Right. And 
uh, not even Mike Miller believes that he is the most outstanding Canadian on the team. Uh, I have a direct quote here from Mike Miller. Uh, he says, it is my honor to be named the most outstanding special teams player for the Bombers, but I feel I must speak out in support of Andrew Harris for as our team's most outstanding Canadian. Andrew is one of the true leaders on our team and one of the best players in the history of the Canadian Football League, and it is a shame he is not being recognized after such a sensational season. I will accept the Canadian nomination on Andrew's behalf, but do so reluctantly while completely disagreeing with his omission. Uh, so you can see even the person that was selected doesn't believe he should have been selected. And obviously the reason why Andrew Harris did not get either of these nominations is because of the suspension for performance enhancing drugs. Right. Right. So instead of, so I'm, I'm going to guess it was the writers that made the choice. Cause I don't believe Michael Shea for one second would have voted for anybody, but, Andrew Harris for either of the two awards, but I'll. But who knows? Maybe he did vote for Blake Jefferson. I'm not gonna make too much of a speculation on that. But I cannot imagine he doesn't select Andrew Harris as the most outstanding Canadian on the team. So what ended up happening then is that three of the four writers, uh, all of who I enjoy reading their work. And I believe they do a good job, but I believe they missed the boat on this. What they're saying is that because he was punished by the league, he was caught with performance-enhancing drugs, that means he is not eligible in their minds for the award. The problem I have with that idea is that it's clear by far that Andrew Harris uh, – was the most outstanding Canadian on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Mm-hmm. So instead of taking everything into account and choosing him, the writers decided that he needed to be punished, that he did not deserve this reward that was, that would have been conferred upon him of receiving the award from the writers. Mm-hmm. I take issue with the idea that this is a reward. Uh, because what we've done now is we've decided that his name does not belong in the history books as the as the award nominee for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I'm just going to well as an outstanding, outstanding player in 2019, right? Where even a cursory look at the stat sheet, even a cursory look, 30 years from now, we'll be looking back and going, what? Exactly. Why exactly did they not choose him? It's very, very clear that he is the one that uh, should have had this. Mm-hmm. It's not. It shouldn't be thought of as a reward for what he did. Uh, should be rewarded for bad behavior or anything like that. It was very clear that that was that he is the most outstanding Canadian on the team, and to say that he is not, even though he is. I can't take it seriously because now you're saying that don't pay attention to what you've seen all season. Don't pay attention to what he's done all season. We're deciding that it didn't matter. It didn't happen. I, I disagree with that entirely. And if that's the way that 
the that the writers want to take these are awards. They want to take not only what happened on the field, but what happened off the field. I'm just going to not stop paying attention to them because they don't make any sense and they don't matter in my mind now. Yeah, but see, that's the problem, Joe. You keep saying, here's what they're saying, here's what they're saying, here's what they're saying, but nobody's saying it. Right? Nobody's saying he doesn't get this nomination because of PEDs. Right? That's my problem with this whole thing. That's here. Here's my hot take. All right. I'm going to I'm going to do an ESPN morning show here. I'm starting to get riled up on this one. Here's what blows my here. Here's what I don't like about both sides in this thing. Both the teammates who are rising to the occasion and, and, and speaking out for their teammate and the writers who decided to void um, his participation in this award. Look, people that know me personally know that I would never step on somebody's individual liberties. OK, I people that know me also know that I am hardly against recreational drug use. OK, people who know me know that I love to quote Ball Four by Jim Bouton, in which he says, if you gave a major league pitcher a choice that would keep him in the that what that would give him a 95 mile an hour fastball, but take five years off his life, he would probably take it. OK, that's steroids. OK, the problem that I have with steroids is that steroids kill steroids ruin lives. And, you know, it's just not a, a, a proper drug to be taking. You know, I cannot advocate the use of something that will kill you or reduce the quality of your life. That would be like endorsing opioid use in the U.S. OK, now. If the writers want to deny Harris this award because of PED use, they should say so. And the players <laughs> realize why he didn't get this award, but they didn't acknowledge it either. Their argument is easy. Their argument is this. He did the crime. He did the time. And the thing is this, I'm looking at the Montreal nominees list here, and I see that they nominated for their most outstanding player, Vernon Adams Jr., okay, who also did a naughty thing and got suspended for a key game, in my opinion, um, but Adams was contrite about it. Harris denies it to this day, okay, take your punishment. Take your punishment, and then the league needs to acknowledge that this happened, and the writers, if they're just going to be the mouthpiece of the league, you know, like a, I don't know, like a Fox News station for a president, you know, they should at least be honest about that. They should say, this is why. And look, I think what should have happened is maybe they just should have left a little void in this space, in one of these spaces. And I'm going to stop no? you right there because I do believe that the three writers uh, that voted on this, and they're easily found. I don't want to. Feel, I don't want it to sound like I'm picking on them. I disagree with their opinion on this uh, to the extent where I believe that the awards are just aren't anything I'm interested in anymore in, hmm. anymore because they're ignoring what happened on the field. 
but well, all three of them did in one way or another, either through a printed piece or through a radio hit today, explain the reasoning. Okay, fine. So at fine. least they are not – they're not hiding behind – uh, letting us guess at that, they have s- said what their reasons were, and okay, I do know that there's at least there's at least a couple other writers out west that would not have voted for him as the Western nominee to move on to yeah. the final. Yeah, yeah, but of course. Yeah. This is but the but the buck stops here because there's no longer that sh- that opportunity for them not to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just wish there would have just been some acknowledgement of it. You can't like history is not going to remember those pieces, those think pieces, those justifications. History is not going to remember that. But you could easily right. make it a matter it, of record. And it's the same and it's the same th- problem I have with the Baseball Hall of Fame too. Right. Is because you have a couple of players that are acknowledged steroid users, uh, let's just say steroids, let's just save the uh PEDs the because acronym. it's the same it's the same idea. Yeah. But the, but there's two players right now that are no doubt Hall of Famers that the writers are holding out uh, simply because they don't like them. Uh, for one, neither of them were very good with the media to begin <laughs> with. And for number two, it's because they're punishing them. Uh, and some have openly said that they're punishing them for uh, using and destroying the sanctity of the game while – Guess what? Uh, they're, they're not the only two players that have used. Yes. A lot more have, yes. uh, and it was – and quite frankly, it was pseudo-legal because the league didn't right. give a crap at that point. But they're they're doing the same thing in that scenario is they're trying to rewrite history with ju- – and I, and I just don't like it, and I don't care to participate in it. Hmm. 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 Oh, well, okay. Gee, I was going to rant about the Ottawa Red Black selections, but – and comment also that i got to say there's some interesting um, interesting nominees here, uh, like some of these choices. Yeah, and, and if you want to – and if you and if you want to, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> just give me a call. Just holler, just holler when you're done. Uh, I will just go uh, have a refreshing beverage and wait for you to finish. Pull a Fraser. No, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But just real quick, Joe, real quick, because I know you'll agree. I know you'll agree. This is the last thing you have to care about. How could the Red Blacks nominate Richie Leone for special teams, <laughs> outstanding special teams player? How? How? That made no sense either to me. That was like, this is the journalist being sarcastic about their team this year. I mean, he didn't even lead the league in punting average. I mean, I don't get it. So, he had more yeah, punts than it, anybody else, but but he had fewer yeah, rouges he, and f- and he had a lower average than the Saskatchewan punter whose name escapes me right now. John so, Ryan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had he had a lower average than Ryan, and he only had seven rouges versus Ryan's twelve. So I. <laughs> yeah. so, I usually just like, I usually have my issues with the awards as they come out every year for reasons like that. Yeah. But if they're going to go ahead and and try to do a morality play on things instead of voting for the player that was clearly uh, the one that was supposed to be in the spot, then I'm just not going to acknowledge it going forward. Don't you so think? Like, but forget it. Jeff, I've got other things to waste my time. On. Honestly, you don't think that people should take a stand against PEDs? There's other ways to do it. You don't have to re- you don't have to rewrite the history books. Hmm. 
It's the same problem I have with the NCAA wiping out games. Because well, see, that makes games. no sense. That makes okay. no sense. Because a player took yeah uh, borrowed a car one time. Yeah, that makes <laughs> that makes no sense. That makes no sense. Yeah, that's I mean, the that's the very far extended version. Right. Uh, you know, that's a very far reach uh, to of that same uh, of that same path. Right. But still, it's like well, Pete, it, it happened. It's clear that he is the most outstanding Canadian on the Bombers. He's out there because people decided that uh, they wanted to punish him further, that he wasn't punished enough for missing a couple of key games in, where his team could have used him. Okay. And having his name dragged through the mud for the rest of his life, no matter whether he's innocent or guilty. But no, we, we're going to have to. We're going to extend that punishment further. That that's. I don't think that's right. Neither do his teammates. Uh, okay. But just, just for the record, they're, they're they're basically saying that this is garbage. Yeah. So I'm going to agree with them. Yeah. Uh, just for the record, I'm going to go Cody Fajardo and Simone Lawrence. I think for most outstanding and uh, most outstanding defensive player in this thing when all is said and done. And I probably would have anyway with or without Harris. Right. All right. Let's talk last week's games then. In fact, we can start with a great win by Joe's Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Right? Great win. Right? But did it actually happen? <laughs> okay. How do you mean? Very cryptic. I was – well, because Andrew Harris played, but he's a bad person, so I guess we don't acknowledge that. <laughs> He played in the game where his team won. Right? He played, and now he's okay, the all-time leader. He's the all-time leader in rushing yards now, right? Uh, yes, uh, at least recorded because right. I believe Normie Kwong had a couple seasons that were right. didn't have a stat. Yes, they mentioned. Uh, but I'm sure that given the choice, there'd be some people that would refuse to acknowledge that. Much like that, there's people, especially in my home state. That don't acknowledge Barry Bonds as the all-time Major League Baseball home run leader. It's interesting that sports are becoming like TV series in this way in that there becomes a headcanon where you can choose who the all-time leader in home runs is. There's There's probably a handful of racists out there in the American South who still consider Babe Ruth the home run champ, for God's sake. I'm sure, uh, but I, I believe my point has been well made at this point, so I'm going to stop beating that drum. Yes, okay. Uh, Tell us about this great game. Left, I appreciate you hanging in there with me. Uh, for those of you that left, you're not hearing this anyway. So let's talk about uh, Zach Kalaros uh, becoming the Winnipeg Blue Bomber starting quarterback in the span of like three weeks. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, how do you feel about that? Because before you expressed a concern about the man's physical state, I'll tell you this too. One observation, one observation that I made during this game was um, they had the mics on the quarterbacks in this game and the coaches, I believe, and uh, which I really hate because it's constantly on. There's never any context for this. There's never any explanation for this. It's just like another track in a, in a hip-hop song, basically. You know, it's just noise, more or less. However, in this one, you could really hear that Zach Galeros was, I don't want to say laboring, but I don't think he's fully in game shape yet. 
I mean, he was grunting on throws. He was running out of breath. And then you heard Bo Levy, and Bo Levy was like a freaking drill sergeant out there. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think Bo Levy ever, uh, you know, had to take an extra breath out there. Of course, he wasn't rushed as often as Caleros was in this game either, and he didn't have to improvise as much as Caleros. But I, I wondered a bit about how much game shape Caleros was in. However, psychologically, he's in playoff shape already, isn't he? Seems to be. <laughs> uh, he seems to have enough of a grasp of the playbook to be able to make the offense function, which is more than you could say what they've done over the past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm always going to have that kind of scared feeling for him. Like, yeah. Uh, wishing that he knew how to slide sooner, for one. <laughs> uh, but it's his life it's his choice uh there's nothing i could do about it except for hope to god that it doesn't cost him later mm-hmm. 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 okay and so to paraphrase axel rose joe where do you go now where does this team go how do you how what what's do, can you beat these guys again if you have to yes. play them in the first round you can wow All you right. can I'm not going to say that it's a lock in any way, shape, or form, especially since it's likely going to be in McMahon. But if you're able to mix in a healthy Chris Streveler and a healthy Zach Kalaros to give a one-two punch and keep the defense guessing as to where things are going to go, you might have a shot. You only scored 33 points on him the last time around. Mm -hmm. And... Now you have at least one healthy quarterback and maybe two if he's recovered by then. It's two weeks from now, so we'll see. Right. Uh, but even if you go Kalaros, Kalaros has shown he can handle uh, what Calgary offers on defense. Because Calgary had everything to play for there because they were in the driver's seat mm-hmm. for first place. So it's not like they were resting anybody. Mm-hmm. And Kalaros showed that he could stand in there uh, without a whole lot of reps and go toe-to-toe with them. Can you uh, can you imagine them winning in Regina against the Rough Riders, who are now just three to one to win the Great Cup, second favorites? I could see the I could see the Bombers winning in McMahon. I don't keep put a great odds on that. I could see the Bombers winning in Regina. Mm-hmm. I don't play, put great odds on that as individuals in a vacuum. Seeing them do both back to back. Uh, I'm not betting the farm on that, but at the same time, if Calaro stays healthy throughout, mm-hmm. there's at least there's at least the so you're saying there's a chance thing. Right. <laughs> Uh, it's not it's, the chance isn't zero. Right. It's not a heck of a lot over ten or twenty, but it's <laughs> not zero. <laughs> All right, I like this, but see, this was a great win. Last week, you were ready to say one and done, that's it. You know, now you have hope. Uh, yeah, like like that's done me anything. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, game two, and the head of last Saturday's triple header was, ended up, Hamilton Tiger Cats 38, Matra Alouettes 26. I was really disappointed that 
Kari Jones, possible coach of the year, which Joe doesn't care about in the CFL. Not anymore. Pulled. No. <laughs> Schultz, uh, Matt Schultz came in to play quarterback. Several other substitutions were made for the second half with the Alouettes holding a lead. Now, of course, Hamilton didn't seem to be breaking out much more than the vanilla game plan. Uh, they didn't really want to show too much uh, to the Alouettes who they're going to have to face, presumably, in the second round on that eastern half. Um, except no one told Brandon Banks that they were supposed to treat this like an exhibition game, I guess. Uh, 11 catches, 201 yards, three touchdowns, played basically the entire game, and beat any daily fantasy team that didn't have him on it. Uh, at one point late in the game, the TSN guys remarked that he had had like 54 fantasy points or something like this. Um, okay, Joe. So I wanted to ask you, with without a pony in this race, um, how do you like the pulling some starters in the second half? Especially since we got the exact opposite out of the Tiger Cats leaving in their star players throughout the game. Where are you on that prism in these quote-unquote meaningless games? For Hamilton, it was a little bit less meaningless for two reasons. Okay. Uh, one is that every win they have until from now to from that point to the end of the season was setting a new franchise record for wins. Mm. So it's not entirely meaningless in the record book sense. So it's putting a stamp on what this season has been all about for them. For the second, they're going to have a bye week in between week 21 and in the East final. So if they take the foot off the gas too early, they risk losing momentum. So I could see why they would keep the starters in uh, for a reasonable amount of time. Uh, even next week, mm-hmm. maybe pull them third, fourth quarter, but don't take the foot off the gas quite yet. Cause if you do that, you end up like Peyton Manning's Colts all those years yeah, in the two yeah. thousands. Yeah. 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 Um, well, what do you, okay. So did Montreal do the right thing? I mean, next week, Montreal has to play Ottawa. They're not going to need, you know, to play their starters that whole game either. <laughs> no, but at least at that point, you you would have played them over the course of the last two weeks. You'd have gotten your backups some experience just being in the game, and then you go face and then you go face Edmonton uh, with players having some rest, but still being uh, still not having the foot off the gas yeah. there either. Still getting some reps, in other words. Yeah. Right. Okay. They haven't been sitting idle for a month. Okay. Yeah. I. Yeah, like I say, I kind of wish I had seen uh, I had seen more of Vernon Adams because we might have won this game. <laughs> um, but I guess if we don't if we don't change up the rotations a little bit, then Banks doesn't have this really outstanding career day, fantastic day for a receiver in the Canadian Football League or any major football league. Um, I'm going to count this as a moral victory, if that's okay with you, Joe. I mean, we were winning at the end of the first half. So. I, I I have no argument with that. Uh, we'll ask Josh Smith his opinion on that someday, but I, I don't have a problem with it anyway. <laughs> I, got, I got a heck of Well, he can have the second half. He can have that moral victory. I had a trivia question for you, Joe, and I don't even know if it's answerable. I, I'm, I'm willing to bet that you don't get it. Did you see the box score in this game? 
I haven't yet. It's freaking wild, dude. Okay, so check this out. Schultz and Adams both played a half. Um, I think Schultz had 21 attempts, and Adams had, I think, 18. Both ended up with exactly 142 yards. When was the last time that happened in a CFL game? Two quarterbacks, each throwing for over 100 yards with the exact same amount of yards. Total freak show. Still tripping out about that. Take a genius to find that one. They might not have even been keeping stats in those days, right, if it were the late 40s. And the ironic thing, too, is that uh, even though we played two quarterbacks, probably the best pass in the whole second half was by Jake Weineke out of the Wildcat. But anyway, enough of that game, which the Alouettes didn't take very seriously, so I'm not going to. (laughs) The third game of the week um, was not worth much of my time. Did you watch any of uh, Toronto Argonauts 39, Ottawa Riblacks 9, Joe? Nope. (laughs) Uh, Although I do want to thank the Ottawa Redblacks for giving us the definitive answer to the question, how do you know you're the worst team in a given football league? Do you know, Joe? Uh, by by losing three games to the team that's right above you. Oh, I was going to say by losing by 30 points to the league's second worst team. That's how you Yeah, know. that would help. <laughs> Which is exactly what they did. Even Lewis Ward went 0 for 1 on a 38-yarder in this game. You know, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers get that Week 21 bye, but the Ottawa Red Blacks certainly wish it were them at this point in the season. Wow, these guys, I'm sure, can't wait to go home. Yeah, you, you know that they've scored 21 points just once since week eight. 21 points? Wow. Jeez. Uh, like, they, they've been worse all season since that game where they had all the special teams touchdowns against your Alouettes. Yeah, yeah, the freak show. Boy, that was Ever a, since that was a weird they've game. scored 21 once yeah. and less than 20 the rest of the way. Yeah. and they Talk all... about not getting it done. And they've only scored, like, what, more than 30 twice in games one and two? <laughs> right, more than 30, yeah, twice. <laughs> what a crazy team. What a crazy year for the Red Blacks. Okay, and then finally we ended up with Saskatchewan Rough Riders 27, Edmonton Eskimos 24. Wow. Um, Cody Fajardo turns in another impressive performance, but I'll tell you what, you know who was even better than Cody Fajardo this week, Joe? Cody Fajardo in the last three quarters, because this team got a, this team dug itself. Well, you know, dug itself a 14 to nothing hole in that first quarter, basically. But here's Fajardo in the first quarter, three of six for 47 yards with a fumble inside the red zone and two sacks in the first quarter. Rest of the game. Everything straightened out for the Riders. I don't know what was up in the first quarter. Maybe they weren't taking it seriously enough. 22 of 29 for 361 yards, two TDs. Did take another two sacks, but zero turnovers. Um, Fajardo just keeps getting better and better here. And the Eskimos, it's just more of the same, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, more of the same. They got out to a lead, couldn't hold it, couldn't finish it. Yeah, really couldn't produce anything in that second half except for 10 points. I mean, that's not going to that's not going to beat the uh, riders the way they're playing right now. No. And Edmonton's talking about sitting starters next week. So they're basically going to give the riders first place in the West, which has happened once in my lifetime. And this will be the second time. Wow. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Wow. Very interesting. Well, wow, so basically there's going to be three meaningless games next week, but 
We'll t- or there no, could be. The, two, two, two of them have meaning as far as the standings go anyway. Yeah, but then if well, we'll talk uh, playoffs scenarios right after the break. We'll be back with the Rears Right and Blue CFL podcast. Playoff scenarios, we're going to talk playoffs, I guess, in the second half of the show. Again, regular four games late next week. Bombers are on by. East is settled, as we've talked about in this segment on previous podcasts. Um, so I guess there's maybe two meaningful games. Yep, two meaningful games as far as the standings go. Uh, so if let's go, let's just go straight down the line here. If Saskatchewan wins or ties. Good for them. They clinch first wow. place in the West and host the West final. End of story. Calgary okay. wins or ties. Calgary clinches a home playoff date. Things get in- more interesting yes. if Saskatchewan yes. loses, but let's first go and talk about what happens if Calgary loses. Wow. If Calgary loses, they fall to third place because they would have tied Winnipeg and Winnipeg won the season series last week. Wow. So Winnipeg would host the West semifinal against Calgary. Now, if Calgary wins and Saskatchewan loses, Calgary clinches first place in the West and hosts the West Final, which means Saskatchewan hosts Winnipeg in the West Semi because Saskatchewan has a better record than Winnipeg. Uh, Saskatchewan wins and Calgary wins. That puts Saskatchewan in first place and Calgary in second, which means Winnipeg goes to Calgary. And then if they somehow survive that, they have to go to Saskatchewan. And that doesn't seem all that likely to be a good thing for anybody that's wearing blue and gold. Uh, now, if Saskatchewan loses and Calgary loses, Saskatchewan still clinches first and Winnipeg hosts Calgary. Saskatchewan winning and Calgary losing, we're in the situation where Saskatchewan's in first place, Winnipeg hosts Calgary. So that's what happens in all of these scenarios. I believe there was a little bit of um, duplication of efforts there, but uh, it's pretty clear. Calgary needs to win, and Prey Saskatchewan has already lost to finish first. Otherwise, they're trying to keep their heads above water. Uh, But if there happens to be... Yeah, the only way Winnipeg hosts a game is if Calgary loses. The only way Saskatchewan hosts Calgary the has to win to maximize is if Saskatchewan their loses and Calgary wins. Basically, okay, right. No matter what happens. Exactly. Right. So Calgary right. Exactly. has Calgary needs to win to do the best they can. Right. They will know. By the time they right. play, because they're the final they're game BC, on the slate this week, whether they're game. playing for You know, you just second. mentioned that, uh, you know, this would be the second time in your lifetime that the Riders win that side of the table. But it seems to me that this would be the first time in your lifetime that Calgary finishes in third place. <laughs> I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah, exactly. It's been a long time. It only feels yeah, like... Oh, yeah, I, oh, I know. Oh, I uh, but, I'm not, but I'm being entirely serious about the other thing. 
And, and um, let's just not bring up what happened the year that they finished first, because we'd like to keep our Saskatchewan listeners happy. Uh, since we're on that subject, Ooh. I did release uh, 1989 for Cold Snap the other day. Uh, that is out. That is out with the um, Play.com newsletter. But if you're not on that newsletter, course, but happen to have course, the game, Col- and would like Cold that. Snap reach is out to me. I'll be happy to pass that along. Canadian football, for uh, folks who don't so, know. It is. So if you're a, so if you're a writer fan and you're on the fence about the idea, 1989 is free. 2013 is has been produced uh, and is available for purchase. Uh, so there's a couple of good reasons already um, to go get that game because I like it and I'm trying to make okay. writer and, fans happy uh, for some for reason. For the degenerate gamblers, there's still plenty of time to make bets on the Great Cup. These odds are changing rapidly. I can't believe how quickly this table still flips every week. Uh, we've got the Tiger Cats. Now the favorites going off at 2-1. to one. Saskatchewan Rough Riders, 3-1. Second favorites. They've, the first time they've been the second favorites all year, I believe. Calgary Stampeders at 7-2 or plus 350. Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers plus 475. Montreal plus 800. Edmonton Eskimos nine fifty. I think they're kind of disrespecting my Alouettes a little bit there. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's approximately infinitely infinity to one, Joe. If you want to bet on Ottawa, just Sorry, take that, that was... money and burn it. Right. You know, at least you're gonna light a candle with it or something. Man. Jesus. <laughs> I know there's some Ottawa fans that are burning their tickets there for this last game. No, that? we've got enough carbon in the atmosphere already. Please don't do that. Recycle it. Okay, so um, I guess we can tie. I don't really care too much about these games. I guess, you know, maybe I'll tune in to see Matt Schultz versus the Ottawa Red Blacks, but I guess they're still offering these games on Pick'em. You're obviously going to go Montreal here, right, Joe? Okay. Okay, middle game on... Yeah, because Ottawa sucks. No, no, Ottawa's brutal. Ottawa's the worst team we've about seen anymore. This is show. an awful... They're probably the worst team of this decade, including their expansion year. Uh, so... <laughs> right, I mean, at least... Yeah. Right, yeah. at least they had something um, to hope on. That. And right, the other... They don't even have that. This game is the middle game of the Saturday triple header. Uh, Toronto at Hamilton. I'm sure you'll be taking Hamilton in that one, even though they'll, well, they'll probably actually play the starters, like you said, three quarters, maybe even three and a half quarters out of the four. So got to go Hamilton here, right? Okay. Yep, but that's the risk we take with these division games at the, at yeah. the final week yeah. of the season. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they matter. And, well, at the Sometimes beginning of the season, we were really expecting don't. more Eastern teams to be in this race. Um, and, uh, yeah, they just weren't. So, I mean, this East, this East, like I keep ranting about, this East has been settled for half the season. I mean, there's just nothing going on on that side of the table this year. Right. Okay. So starting off on Saturday is Edmonton at Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan is a 10 point favorite. I guess the question here, I mean, Saskatchewan knows they have to win Edmonton could be resting their starters. Wow. Okay, so are the Riders going to make a statement here? Uh, 
Yes, that statement is we're going to okay. finish in first so place gonna, in the they're West. They're going to really bring the defense. After week they're going to shut these guys out, basically, in this game, right? Yeah. Yeah, but we're not be talking about second-string I mean, second we're not talking about Ottawa here. So. Which is, you know, Ottawa last year, right? <laughs> so Saskatchewan is a 10-point favorite in this game. The over-under is 47, which actually seems pretty good because I don't think Edmonton's going to score that many points at all. And this last game, Calgary at BC. This might, this could be deceptively difficult. BC is a seven and a half point underdog, but I don't know. BC could show something here. Couldn't they, couldn't they choose to 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 wake up at precisely the wrong time, break out the trick plays, and really make Calgary's life hell on this Saturday night? Uh huh. Mm. Only yeah, if they hit them all. I mean, this who's gonna who's gonna be ah, well. the ball? So Calgary to win handily this one as well. Yeah, I would say so. And, and it ten to ten to fourteen points. I don't think they, I don't think they yeah. pour it on because again, it's not the, exactly the easiest place to play. But they're also facing a demoralized. Yeah, yeah you may be, you may be right. Team. I can't see them putting up too much of a fight here. And then we'll see. And then we'll see what happens in the off season here. That could be, could be nothing. I uh... it could be everything. I so bet, gonna I be very bet the coaching staff would really like to win this game. <laughs> but you may be right. They might not have the pieces to do it. And half these guys are probably halfway on vacation anyway. So, Yeah. No, Brian Burnham's going to make like two or three ridiculous plays to MLB get them like 17 points. Brian. And that's about as far as that ship sails. <laughs> Love the cone of silence. It's the most effective cone of silence ever. Right. Okay. Well, let's sign it off here um, as I have to get out of here, <laughs> to be totally honest. So let's sign it off here. Joe, what are you hoping for? You're you're hoping for everybody to lose, right? You want Saskatchewan and Calgary to lose, right? <laughs> Let me ask you this one. Which of these teams would you like to see lose more? <laughs> it's tough. It's tough, but the best right. chance for the Bombers so to they go the anywhere team. in the playoffs now okay. is for Calgary to lose. So it's got to be that. Uh, <laughs> yep, and that I do realize that gifts. That's why they won the West Final. Yeah, I don't like that either. It's like there's there's two bad decisions for Bombers fans here, but if there's any hope of getting through these two, next two games, it's to have Calgary come to our house. So that's gotta that's gotta be the thing. I wouldn't mind Saskatchewan losing either, so that if Calgary <laughs> does happen to win, well, you know, <laughs> but. Because really, there's no there's no <laughs> downside for the Bombers if Saskatchewan loses right, this game. Right, 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 right. So because Calgary needs to win to catch up. So. <laughs> well, it doesn't Can seem exceedingly lose? likely. That'd be a the lot best of separation thrill. in the CFL this year. Yeah. No, it, it, it kind of doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, if I'm wishing for think, things, uh, okay. How about well, pray for the treat, man. But you might get tricked on this one. <laughs> 
In any case, uh, that's my last bad pun attempt here. For the Rouge, White, and Blue, I'm Oz Davis. For my co-host, Joe Pritchard, we are out of here. We'll talk to you next week in time for the CFL playoffs. I'm kind of excited, but kind of bummed that there's no more regular season CFL for 2019. Enjoy the games. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.